Welcome back to the next episode of the Redfern Book Review. I'm your host, Amy Mayer, and today we're going to look at a pair of memoirs, both with food as their focus. The first is called Save Me the Plums, My Gourmet Memoir by Ruth Reichel. The second one is called The Measure of My Powers, A Memory of Food, Misery, and Paris by Jackie Kai Ellis. But before we get to the books, I'd like to talk about a couple of things that I'm looking forward to reading and my favorite podcast, other than mine, of course. So my favorite podcast that I look forward to each week, it drops on Monday morning, is called Smartless, and it features Sean Hayes, Jason Bateman, and Will Arnett. It is a highlight of my week. It just shows where we are right now in the pandemic. But what happens is it's three best friends, they're best friends in real life, get together, and one of them is responsible for bringing on a surprise guest each week, and it rotates week to week. And they bring the guest on, and no one seems to really be prepared, and they just ask whatever comes into their head. And what they do most of the time is give each other a hard time. It is super funny, and some of the celebrities that have been on have been Julia Louise-Dreyfus, Ricky Gervais, Kamala Harris, and Ron Howard. It's laugh-out-loud funny, and one of the highlights for me is the ads uh, that they do where they clearly are improv and having a good time. So check it out, and let me know what you think. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is a book that's going to be released in September, Anthony Doerr, the author of All the Light You Cannot See, is out with his next book, and it's called Cloud Cuckoo Land. And it is said to have, um, it's a new novel with some serious Cloud Atlas vibes. Now, if you've read Cloud Atlas, it was a book that came out in 2004 by David Mitchell. It's an excellent book. I'd also say it's a challenging book. And it appears to be a series of short stories, and each story has some small element that ties it to the next, and it crosses over different time frames, places, and spaces. So this particular book follows three connected storylines that span over a thousand years, and the first setting is in Constantinople, in 1453, the second setting is in present-day Idaho, and the third is a space journey, hundreds of years in the future. And the goal of all three groups of people in these across these different time periods is to get themselves to cloud cuckoo land or an overly optimistic fantasy idealistic state. That sounds like a good place to go right now. I don't know about you. Okay, so let's get to the books. So the first book I want to talk about is called Save Me the Plums, my gourmet memoir. And it was probably the most enjoyable book that I read last year. It hit a lot of notes for me. It is in my wheelhouse of books that I would naturally gravitate to. And it's a food memoir of uh, author and editor, Ruth Reichel's time as the editor of Gourmet Magazine. So I'm I'm going to tell you a little bit about Ruth to explain some background on the book. She's an American chef, food writer, 
and she was born around 1948 in New York City, raised in Greenwich Village. She's had an amazing career that included, she's in, in the early 70s, she was part of the slow food movement in Berkeley, California, the whole farm-to-table scene, along with Alice Waters. She worked at the Los Angeles Times as a food editor and critic. She then was scooped up by the New York Times and moved there in the early, back to New York in the early 90s uh, to be a food critic and was one of those kind of classic critics where Everyone was afraid when she was there. Um, she could make or break a restaurant. She would wear disguises. And I think she had a lot of fun and, and was very good at her job. Um, the job took her, its toll on her, and she did have a small child. She was married with a small child and had spent lots of time away from home and out at night. So when Gourmet came calling, she took the job. She had some reservations because she wasn't sure what it would be like to lead all these people and work in the world of magazines. But it was a good opportunity, so she took it. And it's no spoiler to say she took the job in 99, and um, the magazine was shuttered in 2009. So it's about this 10-year period, and it was so interesting to see the arc of what happened. And she opens the book by talking about being 8 years old, and hanging out with her father at a used bookstore. And she stumbles upon an old edition of Gourmet Magazine and talks about reading uh, great literature and a story about travel. She said it was called it was called something like Save the Lobster or something about a lobster. And she was transported to Maine and learned about clam bakes and that kind of thing. And she just thought it was so great because it was so different from the kind of food and way her mother talked about cooking, which was she would cook turkey divan made with cans of mushroom soup or pot roast topped with ketchup. And also in the magazine, there were, you could order away for exotic ingredients like watercress or alligator pears, which are also known as what we would call today avocados. So with that kind of deep love in mind, she took this job um, at Gourmet, and when she took this job in the late 90s, this was kind of the height of access in publishing. She had a driver. Um, one of her first days, an interior designer meets her, and they do a complete overhaul on her office. Uh, there's an elaborate tasting kitchen on the premises, and there's a lot of talk about that. Um, there's amazing photo shoots and she's able she has the money to bring in top writers like the kind that she used to read about um, she brought in Ann Patchett and other writers like that to write beautiful pieces and she it kind of reminded me she was a bit of fish out of water she's very down to earth doesn't have any airs about her and it kind of reminded me of kind of like you inherited a country manor home and you want to make some changes, but the staff isn't having any of it. And so she really inherited this kind of overstuffed publication and she came in and wanted to do some fresh things and make changes. And it talks about what she went through. And the book really, at its heart, it's about travel, recipes, running a business, being a woman in business, juggling motherhood, 
and of course the decline of the publishing industry. One of the things I really like about the book is it features a lot of recipes and it uses recipes as reference points and to talk about history and time and place. And I made one of them. She there there was a recipe in the book for spicy Chinese noodles with scallions and ginger that she makes with her son Nick. And there's quite a touching scene where she's alone in the kitchen. She's you know, she's out all the time. She's super busy and the babysitter's just left. I believe her husband's traveling too. And her son says, Well, would you make me um, your Chinese spicy your spicy noodles? And so she kind of hesitates because she wants to go to bed. And then she goes ahead and makes these noodles. And they have a great moment. And they're connecting through food. So I, as you can tell, can't recommend this book enough. And I think you should check it out. She has written a variety of um, memoirs from different points in her life with fun titles like Garlic and Sapphires, Comfort Me with Apples, and Tender at the Bone. So check those out if you're interested, and check out this book. The second book I want to talk about is called The Measure of My Powers, A Memory of Food, Misery, and Paris by Jackie Kai Ellis. Now this book is the kind of book I wanted to be able to recommend. Sorry, those are my dogs in the background, but that's the reality here. Um, This is the kind of book I wanted to be able to recommend when I thought about putting together a podcast. It's a it's a hidden gem, and I think for listeners outside Vancouver, you might not have ever heard of it. This book is um, it's very similar in many ways to the last book I reviewed, in that it is about a woman in the food industry who wears a lot of hats and goes through an evolution of her own. She's a a designer, a best selling author pastry chef, entrepreneur, and lifestyle writer. And when the book starts, the book was published in 2018. She's in her early 30s at this point. She's unhappily married, and she's a creative director specializing in strategic branding. So she's suffering from a crippling depression, and she thinks about how is she going to change her life? How is she going to make changes? And she decides to attend a Parisian pastry school. And then after she learns how to make pastries in France, she brings those skills back to Vancouver and opens uh, a bakery, a French bakery called Boku Bakery and Cafe. And what this book is about, it's about how to take a risk, how to make a change. And it's... She's, she, she just goes for it. It's messy, honest. It's about travel, creativity, and beauty. Um, I believe one of the hardest things in life is not what happens to us sometimes, but it's our desire to not better ourselves because we can't let go of the past or we can't evolve. And I really enjoyed seeing how she um, changed her future. I actually was at one of her bakery openings um, one of her press openings, and I remember when she opened up her bakery in the early, it would have been probably 2012 or 13, she was beautiful, talented, she seems perfect. And so, you know, when I read about her messy life, I just found it so relatable and also just really inspiring to learn a bit of that backstory. 
The other thing that this book does very well is she fills, also fills this book with a lot of recipes, just like Ruth filled hers. These book, these recipes are pretty complicated and I didn't attempt any of them, but I really enjoy reading them. They were, they were aspirational, I would say. The book opens with um, a chocolate chip cookie recipe involving Malden salt, vanilla bean that you split, and then you scoop out the vanilla bean and mix it with the Malden salt, and it has to sit overnight. And you don't use Toll House chocolate chips. You use um, professional bakers, like those chocolate discs. She has a also has a recipe for pork and chive dumplings and talks a lot about that. She's a... a um, from Chinese immigrant parents, and so that weaves in that whole experience and what it was like growing up with her parents in Vancouver and making pork and jive dumplings was an all day all day event at her house and One of the other little things I learned was that um, a true apparently an authentic croissant, if it's made with butter, it's straight and not shaped like a crescent moon. So at her bakery, she makes them the authentic way where they're they're straight. So, and if they if they're if they're shaped into a crescent, that means that they've been made with margarine. Anyway, those are my uh, both of my picks, and I I, I think they're both excellent um, selections for a book club because they cover so many different topics and I thought they were a lot of fun. So that's all I have to say today and thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for joining me for the latest edition of the Red Fern Book Review. I welcome your feedback and suggestions and ideas. You can reach me on Instagram at amyvtm or on Facebook at the Red Fern Book Review. Thanks so much for joining. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share with your friends and your book club. See you later. Bye.